He founded Scoop It back in 2011. They pivoted around at some different ideas, raised 13 million bucks to build this. It's really content and content at scale. They'll help you surface what's working. They use their free user base of about 4 million folks to help train their machine, which fuels their B2B enterprise business where they've signed up about, oh, what do we say? About 250 customers paying on average 10 grand per year. So about 200, 220 grand-ish per month just in that revenue stream makes about 70% of their total revenue. Churn right now, he's not proud of. They're working on getting that lower. The economics are looking good in their enterprise cohort, spending about seven grand on CAC for a payback period of under 12 uh, months. Again, lifetime buy on these guys around 50 grand. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Guillaume de Cougas. He is the CEO of Scoop.it, or Scoopit, a SaaS platform that helps marketers publish content using data science. He's been an entrepreneur since 2000, first with MuseWave, which was the first mobile music platform acquired by Microsoft, then Gujet, which was pre-iPhone mobile widget platform. Then he's been a startup and advisor, along with an investor in Tetemis, which is email retargeting. It was acquired by Criteo. The Refiners Impact, which was cross-border accelerators in San Francisco. All right, Guillaume, are you ready? to take us to the top yeah all right you've done a bunch Hi, real quick just because you you have some exposure to music and first mobile platform back at back in music wave time uh iheart media why is it going under uh not sure <laughs> yeah you haven't followed it closely enough huh no all no. right yeah you know i left music uh what was that seven years ago uh, i'm still involved you know i have a i have a band with fellow entrepreneurs uh, here in sf we have a rock band. So I'm still a musician, but I left the music industry seven years ago and I didn't look back too much. What do you play? Are you this, are you lead singer? I'm a lead singer. Oh, very good. I love this. We have, we have cool, we have cool, the cool factor of the show went up today. All right. (laughs) Tell us about scoop it. What do you do and how do you make money? So scoop it is, you know, helps marketers, you know, figure out what content to publish. Uh, We started as a curation platform. Realizing that uh, a lot of, um, you know, for a lot of people, creating content was really hard and curating content was a, an easier way to, um, to get content published. Uh, so we helped, you know, filter the web for relevant stories. And uh, more recently, we launched a, uh, a new version of our platform, which is called Hawkeye, which helps you derive some trends, uh, understand, you know, get some insights on what content is out there to kind of guide your content strategy, help you understand what topics to engage and publish content on. Uh, what your competitors are doing, what influencers are doing. So we we monitor the web for you so that you are better at uh, content marketing. This sounds like something maybe similar to a BuzzSumo kind of concept. Yeah, so, you know, BuzzSumo, uh, you know, they've, they've done a great platform. Uh, they've done great stuff. Uh, what we added is uh, we, we've done some natural language processing. So, that, you know, not getting technical, but that's artificial intelligence that can tell you, you know, this is what the, the stories are really about. Uh, and we've added some measurements. So we, we derived a, a few more insights 
to look at your competitors, to look at influencers, to, to measure things that are meaningful for your content strategy. Okay. And what's the revenue model? Is it a pure play SaaS model? It's pure play SaaS. Um, you know, we've been toying with the idea of uh, adding some professional services where you know, at the point where, you know, it could make sense, but it's pure place as for now. Okay, great. And Hey, uh, real quick, you know, just move the mic. So it's not rubbing against your clothes just because oh, we're sure. getting a bunch of friction. I want to make this cookie. That's perfect. Um, okay, good. So it's pure place SaaS, and then give us more of the history here. So when did you launch the company? So we launched, uh, end of 2011. Um, and the background was really around, you know, realizing that we were going to be in a content first world where, Online visibility was going to be determined by, you know, the content you were going to be publishing. And we felt that it was going to be a, a big transition for a lot of companies uh, out there. You know, it was about becoming, uh, you know, a, a media outlet, uh, a media brand. And we felt a lot of marketers are not trained to do this. It's a, it's a new paradigm. It's a new environment. And so we wanted to see whether technology could help. And we realized that, you know, looking at what's been published out there, building a technology that can do that for you was going to be the natural first step. Um, and so that's when we started. So we launched end of 2011, um, you know, first as a, as a free tool that anybody could use. We have uh, now more than 4 million users of that free version. Uh, we launched a B2B version three years ago in 2015. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the story behind the company. And do you, the folks that want, if people are listening around, they're saying, yes, I need this, I want to use it. I mean, what are customers paying you on average, would you say, per month? Are we talking small $10 a month or 10000 a month? So we have actually, uh, we have both. We, we started with a freemium model uh, that, uh, you know, is more like for solo entrepreneurs or very small companies. And then, you know, we realized that we needed a B2B version, uh, an enterprise version uh, that would be more scalable, that ha- would have, you know, more features. And we have, you know, clients like, uh, uh, IBM, Microsoft. So, you know, very large companies or sweet spot tend to be mid market companies, um, you know, in that, in that range, but we've been covering, uh, the whole range just because we started with a free product, then did freemium and then the B2B SaaS version. Okay. So if we just focus on B2B SaaS and I pin you down and say, give me an average, what would you, I mean, would you say an average is a grand a month, 10 grand a month, more than that? Uh, or, you know, our average is about 10 K a year. Okay. Uh, so in that, uh, in that range, but we have, you know, uh, we try to scale with, uh, larger companies with much higher numbers. And what are the, uh, when you look at your pricing plans and what your salespeople are pitching, what are the kind of value drivers that drive expansion revenues and number of seats, number of pieces of content? What is it? So for us, it's been, um, you know, three things, uh, the value metrics are number of seats, uh, number of topics you want to cover. Um, which is probably going to be one if you're a very small company, but could be hundreds uh, if you're a large uh, Fortune 500 company. And then we have a number of features which are also helping tier the products and, and separate them out. Got it. And tell me more about that team. How many sales folks are on it? And what's the total size of your team to date? So we're still pretty lean. We, we have you know, pretty much relied on the, uh, the free version to bring us leads. So our team is about 20 people. Um, the um, you know, sales and marketing team, uh, that's about, uh, seven people. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're still having a pretty lean model. We've been trying to leverage the fact that with the free version, we get a lot of inbound interests, uh, that's helped develop our brand, but also brings a lot of people who sign up for the free version for themselves and then realize they could use this for their company. Uh, and we use a lot of content to help them realize that there are, there is more they could do with the platform, uh, with our more advanced, uh, versions. Yep. And, and ignore, I mean, by the way, it's tough to ignore 4 million folks, but ignoring your free version and just focusing on your B2B SaaS, I mean, how many customers have you scaled to on that thing since you launched it? 
It's about 250, okay. uh, 250 uh, B2B clients. That's, I mean, that's healthy. If you've got 250 folks paying, you know, on average 10 grand per year, what's that 800 ish per month, you're doing North of what 200 grand just on that line of business, right? Mm -hmm. That's yep. healthy. And then you're, you're just to be clear though, your freemium users, I imagine they're, they don't all stay free. You have a smaller price, $10 a month plan or something for them. Yeah, we have a we have a, actually a, a, a twelve dollar uh, plan and a seventy nine dollar plan uh, for the, the guys who are more um, uh, advanced, like more consultants and so on. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a part of the revenue as well. Uh, but to be fair, and that's been kind of the learning, we 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 realized that uh, you know I think if you really want to go after a freemium model, and I think you know there's the Dropbox IPO, which has been a lot of numbers uh, coming out of this. You really have to have very uh, strong numbers, and four million is good. But, um, you know, to have a very healthy freemium model, would, it probably would need to be 40. Um, and so we started with freemium. We, we, we like the revenue we get from freemium. There's a lot of very happy customers on that plan. But we realized that for us, DFT was more on the, on the B2B uh, part uh, with larger companies. So would you ever consider selling off the individual part of your business or no? Um, no, but for a different reason. Um, the the technology we have um, that helps monitor the web, that helps with natural language processing, uh, that uses a lot of the the data points we get uh, from the those four million of users. They help uh -huh. us uh, think of it as they help us crowdsource what we call the relevant web. So, yep. the digital web, any website that publishes meaningful content, be it you know blog or podcasts or videos. We wouldn't be able to do that uh, just on our own, just crawling the web on our own. Uh, Google can do that, um, but you know, <laughs> we we have 40 million sources of content that we crawl on a daily basis. And the way we, re, you know, we crowdsource some of the, the the way we source some of those uh, most interesting, more niche and longer tail uh, sources are thanks to our users. So that's a very, very yes. Yeah, they're, they're helping. Important aspect of our model. They're helping you make your machine more effective. Yeah. So you know, AI is just. Um, the fuel for AI is, is data. So the more data you have, the better your AI is going to be. And for us, uh, that's been a critical part of our model. Folks, very recently I had Eugene Levin on who leads a lot of strategy at SEM Rush, and the episode is doing so well. I said, Eugene, make me a great offer and maybe I'll consider letting you guys sponsor the show. So Eugene gave me a great offer and they're now sponsoring the show around their brand new product called SEM Rush Competitive Intelligence 2.0. Now, many of you guys know SEMrush from their old tool, which is still top of the line with SEO research. Their new intelligence tool allows you to go into all areas of competitors' online marketing strategies and tactics. You can research it all, ranging from online visibility, their website performance, traffic sources, what content they're posting, which PR firms they're working with, how they're doing and what they're doing on social media, which PPC ads they're running, same with display advertising, you know, what do their display ads look like, even their Google Shopping data. That's what you get with the new SEM Rush tool. They've got data on 190 countries and regions, and they have petabytes of reliable data all on your competitors, potential partners, and markets. They're also the trusted data provider for the leading media brands like Forbes, Bloomberg, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, and Routers. Every Fortune 500 company, including Bay, Vodafone, and HP. Now, they've got over 30,000 customers already and 10 years of experience. I encourage you to check out their brand new intelligence tool using the deal Eugene gave me. That deal is available exclusively at nathanlacka.com forward slash SEMrush. Again, that's nathanlacka.com forward slash SEMrush.
over the past 12 months, what portion of your revenue was made up just from your B2B model? Is that like significant? 80% is your B2B model and 20% is your freemium or, or your individual? Yeah, that's about, yeah, that's about 70% B2B. Okay. Got it. 70% B2B. So, I mean, look, if you're doing 200 grand a month on your B2B model and that's 70%, I mean, it's, it's not insignificant the money you're doing on the, on the SMB stuff, but the key value you're getting there, you're saying is not the revenue. It's really the, the data. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Take us through um, acquisition on these 250 B2B customers. I mean, how are they finding you? How are you closing them? So, you know, most of our, and, and it's kind of particular because, you know, we've been relying on our free version to get a lot of inbound. Um, so we do really, you know, one thing from a marketing standpoint is we do content marketing. And that sounds a bit like, you know, we drink our own Kool-Aid and because we're a content marketing software company and we do content marketing, but that's been really efficient for us. So our, our whole model is to get people, you know, to discover us either through our free version and then we qualify them with content. So for instance, if you sign up for our free version, you're going to receive our newsletter, uh, which is going to be marketing stuff. If we see you're not into this, where you're not opening it, you're not clicking on it. We're going to leave you alone and we're not going to you know, send you that newsletter anymore. So we give you a test of it. But if you're a marketer, you're going to find some cool, interesting uh, content. So you're going to start engaging with that newsletter, with that content. And we're going to qualify you as a marketer. And you know, we're going to try to nurture you all to the point where you're going to say, hey, uh, maybe I should check out the enterprise version of ScoopIt. Um, and you have people who kind of go directly. You know, We do the traditional content marketing inbound. Uh, playbook where we do content that drives SEO, that drives qualified leads, that we convert, uh, and then we nurture through uh, marketing automation. But it's mostly an inbound model, leveraging the fact we have a free version that can bring a lot of leads. So Guillaume, fully weighted CAC, you'd say, is about what? Um, it's about 7, 8K. Just your B2, on your B2B side. Mm-hmm. Got yep. it. So you're then, if they're paying you on average 10 grand per year, you keep your payback well under 12 months, right? Yeah, that's about it. I would say, you know, it's about, yeah, one year payback, yeah. something like that. Yep. And and bootstrapped or have you raised capital? We've raised capital. Ah, okay. How much have you raised? We raised uh, $13 million. Guillaume, man, those li- that 1x liquidation preference, man. How, do you, how are you going to grow into that valuation? <laughs> yeah, I know the story. Uh, and the story of the company is actually a bit more complex because that, that cap table is something we inherited from uh, – a totally different project, uh, which was um, the, the company you mentioned in the intro, the widget platform. Okay. okay. Uh, so, you know, part of the money we raised on that company and then, you know, restarted everything uh, when we when we folded the uh, the widget business, uh, then took some additional funding uh, following that uh, restart, uh, but inherited the cap table from uh, from back then. Wait, so, so complicated story. Did you launch Scoop from scratch or did you raise additional capital and you bought Scoop from somebody else? No, we launched it from scratch, but with the team that had worked on Gujet. Oh, I see. Uh, which was the previous company. So uh, we had some cash left from what we had raised for Gujet. And when we started ScoopIt, we, we said, okay, uh, we can use that cash to create that product. So we, we did all of that with our investors back then yep. and raised some additional funding once the, uh, the restart was uh, you know, proved to be successful. So we haven't consumed the whole $13 million on, uh, on ScoopIt. Part of that was on, on Gujet. I see. Um, and so, yeah, well, we, we're, um, you know, we got to go to a point where, you know, it makes sense. So we're, we're still, you know, very ambitious and want to grow uh, a lot more than what we've done so far. What are you growing at today year over year? Just the B2B side of your business. 
Um, so, you know, on the B2B side, we've been growing, you know, um, about 50% a year. Okay. Got it. So you're doing about uh, 100, 130 grand on that side of the business 12 months ago. Yeah. About that. Something around there. Yeah. Um, okay. And tell me about churn. So churn has been, um, you know, uh, uh, one of the, one of the reasons we've been moving up market is we've seen that, uh, you know, with SMBs it's actually very hard. Uh, to get the, the the churn rate where we wanted to be, and we've discussed with a lot of companies who've been in that space where, you know, technology itself is you know needs to be packaged with some uh, skills and expertise, which you know in the the marketing uh, uh, space is often the case. Um, so that's why we've been moving up market. We have more stable clients. Uh, we have uh, you know better um, longer term uh, contracts, longer term opportunities. Um, so that's been our strategy to, um, to, to, uh, address churn. Um, we've been also working a lot on the product, uh, and, you know, seeing what we could do in this. Uh, but I think, you know, getting, you know, above 75% retention yearly on SMB is, um, is really hard. Yep. Uh, some companies manage us to do this, uh, and have a very healthy model. But if you want to do, you know, negative churn and upsells and so on, it's probably more with, you know, larger companies. So, so Guillaume, just to be clear, what are you at today in terms of churn on your, on your B2B side? Um, well, that's not something we disclose. Uh, <laughs> okay. But I think, you know, it's a, it's a hybrid of, you know, a number at which, uh, to be honest, I'm not really proud of, which is more of what we get on the SMB. And some, you know, negative churn numbers that we're getting on the, on the enterprise version of, on, yep. the, on the larger segment of our client base. So, so I'm trying to think a number you wouldn't be proud of. Is it, is it fair to say on your enterprise side, your churn currently is north of 5% monthly and you're working on bringing that down? On the, uh, yeah. So on the SMB part, we're north of that. Yeah. On the SMB part. Okay. But just to be clear, you're, you're not really focused on the SMB stuff, right? You're, you're really focused on the B2B stuff. Yeah, so the way we and that's kind of a depends on how you you, you differentiate uh, you segment those. But when we look at our B two B version, we have you know companies anywhere from ten to you know two hundred employees. That's what we call SMBs. The uh, enterprise, uh, you know, is like companies of a thousand employees or more. Those are where you know we're we're getting very optimistic on you know getting. Um, that's where we can get some upsells, negative turn rates, and so on. Yeah, companies you know with two hundred employees or less. This is still, you know, where we're getting, um, you know, um, a, a churn that's, you know, we're not really proud of. Yep. Uh, and where, you know, if you look at what companies like, like HubSpot have been doing, uh, if their stories, their numbers, um, they started also with a lot of churn and they've been investing massively to, to, to be able to, to retain customers on that, uh, on that segment. Yep. What, uh, last question here before we wrap up with the famous five. On your enterprise side, what do you assume a minimum lifetime value is today? Um, for us, you know, we're, we're shooting to get 50K um, minimum. Yep. Um, it's about five years that, worth of value. Well, enterprise, we sell, you know, if, if you're going to be a larger company, you, you're going to be uh, uh, higher than that. So, but but yeah, we, we try to be at, uh, at that range. Yep. Okay, very good. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? So I'm not really strong into business book. I, there's a blog that I love, which is uh, Tom Tengut's, uh blog. Uh, I'm much more into reading his blog than reading any business book, to be honest. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Um, so again, I don't have like a mentor or somebody I'm studying. Uh, I do a lot of mentoring myself and I love to learn from, you know, young entrepreneurs. I think I learn a lot more from, you know, having interactive conversations than trying to read, uh, 
the, the fifth bio on uh, Steve Jobs. Yeah, n- name one. Name one of these underground CEOs. It's a young young person that you follow. Um, so, you know, it's more like the, the people I mentor through the accelerators uh, I've been involved in. Um, so, you know, the, uh, the Tedemis was, was, was one of the, the company that I've uh, been Which involved one? at the board. Uh, Tedemis is one of the companies I've been involved. Uh, the one you mentioned that we, was acquired by Critio. Um, the two guys who've been um, running this company have been really impressive. Um, there are two French guys, um, uh, Antoine DeVos uh, and Alexandre Chavagnac. Uh, and they've been, you know, starting this from scratch, bootstrapping it, ending up being the first uh, acquisition of uh, Critio. And I've been in doing a uh, fantastic work. So they're, Good. they're starting a new company now and I'm following that up uh, very cl- closely. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building a business? Um, so recently I've discovered something called full story. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Yep. I am good. Good company. Yeah. If you're building a product, it's, it's really, uh, it's really great. I think, you know, I wished I had that for a long time and it's really giving you, so for those of you who are not familiar with it, it's uh, helping you understand what your users are doing with your product. So, um, you can, it's almost like you, they were in the same room as, uh, as you were, and you could see where they click, what they're doing, uh, what they don't get, what they really, what they're able to do. So it's really, uh, an amazing tool. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, about seven. Okay. That's good. And what's your situation? Married, single, you have kiddos? I'm married. So I have, I have a wife, uh, who's displaying, who's very disciplined with my, uh, <laughs> with my sleep. And so she, uh, if I were on my own, I'd probably be at five or six, um, but she uh, she gets me to do seven every night. So. Good. And any kiddos or no? <laughs> Three. Yeah, Three. Oh, kids. wow. Okay. And how old are you, Guillaume? They're um No, 17. you. How old are you? Oh, <laughs> I'm 47. 40, I was about to say, you're not 17. All right, 47. And take me back to your 20-year-old self. What do you wish you knew? So I think the number one thing I would say is, um, you know, the ability to get out of your comfort zone is, you know, where I learned the most. So, you know, if I had to go back in time and it was not about, it wouldn't be about, Hey, uh, you should notice it would be, you know, go out, go out of your comfort zone, explore, take some risks. Um, I, I did that to some extent, but, um, you know, I, I think, you know, you cannot, uh, take too many risks when, uh, when you're 25. So there you guys have it. It's impossible to take too many risks when you're young. So take them all. Take them all, Guillaume <laughs> says. He founded Scoop It back in 2011. They pivoted around and some different ideas, raised 13 million bucks to build this. It's really content and content at scale. They'll help you surface what's working. They use their free user base of about 4 million folks to help train their machine, which fuels their B2B enterprise business where they've signed up about, oh, what do we say? About 250 customers paying on average 10 grand per year. So about 200, 220 grand-ish per month just in that revenue stream makes about 70% of their total revenue. Churn right now, he's not proud of. They're working on getting that lower. The economics are looking good in their enterprise cohort, spending about seven grand on CAC for a payback period of under 12 uh, months. Again, lifetime buy on these guys around 50 grand. Guillaume, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Well, thank you. And great summary.